We've got a newbie. I did ask him to come along. I'm the new caretaker, John Smith. Welcome to Colville, Mr. Smith. Scovox Blitzer, one of the deadliest killing machines ever created. Are the kids safe? No. Nobody is safe. Five stop intruder. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to start again this week because I'm still remembering... Clarence Brown, welcome back. How are you, my friend? I am doing great and glad to be back on with you guys to, you know, as I always say, talk about Doctor Who. Indeed, indeed. And it would not be appropriate discussing who, etc. and so forth, if I could not say, Lee Shackelford, Mr. Shackelford, how are you? I am grand, alive and kicking and all that stuff. So, Lee, I have another question. Let's say that we have someone for the very first time here with us listening on whatever podcast platform of their choice might be. What might you say? Oh, hi. Hey, welcome aboard. We'll hold the hold the departure for you. But yeah, you, you could have been doing just about anything else in the whole wide world, but you've chosen to spend this little time with us. So thank you. You didn't have to do that. Indeed. And while you're spending some time with us, if you're brand new or if you have been with us from the very beginning and you've never done this before, if you listen to us on Apple Podcast or whatever podcast player of your choice, please leave us a review because what that does, especially with Apple, is help us get discovered. So if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, of course, we would appreciate five stars. We will review and read it on an upcoming episode. So gentlemen, since we last spoke, since we last recorded, which as of this recording was last week, they have, being the BBC, confirmed Sunday, April the 17th, Legend of the Sea Devils. Of course, we will be reviewing it. I don't want to mention it yet because I don't want to jinx, but for everyone listening, if everything works out the way we hope, we're going to have a little something special coming along with our review of Legend of the Sea Devils. So, gentlemen, do you have any other news items or anything before we get into the review? Not about Doctor Who, but about the BBC. Oh, go for it. Uh, over here in the States. Yeah, over here in the States, we don't, um, maybe we don't think about sort of where the BBC comes from. But if you're in the UK, of course, you know, you, you know, and you've always known. Unlike the model that we have here, where everything has to be paid for by a giant corporate sponsor, the BBC has always been paid for by the great British people. And... Um, there's a, a referendum now on on whether or not that model is sustainable or if it should be sustained. And if the public support of the BBC is taken away, what will happen to it? Hmm. And we're talking about the whole network of all the television programs, all of the... There's so much radio. The BBC has so much going on on radio simultaneously and just uh, all of that content that is uh, supported by 
by ratepayers, by taxpayers. Um, what if all of that support just went away? Well, I have so, an answer, but I want to know what Clarence thinks. Oh, well, yeah. I'm going to turn it back around with a question. So does the BBC, as far as a network, just consist of one channel? Or is it like everything on the public TV in, in uh, Britain? I really don't know. <laughs> there, there. Yeah, there are other there are other television providers, um, um, like ITV, for example, which is which was created as a competitor. It's it stands for independent television. Mm. It was say you know we're we're going to step away from the BBC model and do our own thing, but but yeah, there's there's yeah many channels of BBC television and so many channels of BBC radio, and each of them distinct and unique. So I just can't. I mean, I, li- I get my world news. I get my news about what's going on in the U.S. from the BBC <laughs> Radio because they are famous around the world for being impartial because they're supported by, you know, because th- th- they have public support. They don't have to kowtow to a, a corporate interest of any kind. But what if they did? Mm, I know, know exactly what it would be. You ready? Public yeah. broadcasting, PBS in the States. Well, no, it's more, well, that's more like that now. Mm, But is it? Yeah. PBS is the public, the, the, uh, well, PBS, yeah, publicly funded uh, television. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The Corporation of Public Broadcasting is, is, is paid for by taxpayers, but it's a tiny part of the donations. Yes. Hence my point is, you know, the. We we pay taxes, and one cent of every dollar of our tax, if that, might go to PBS, whereas theirs is more of I a see. of a taxed subscription fee in a way, if I understand it correctly. Right. So I'm saying the dollar for That's dollar right. amount is 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 I guess where I was trying to go, where you're relying on that donation drive and you know this is supported by yeah. donations from listeners and people like you etc yeah but you think about everything that goes on in america in public broadcasting like uh, on your local pbs affiliate that would be one channel of the bbc yeah, that's crazy <laughs> Im- imagine trying to do a fundraiser for all of them mm. across the spectrum it yeah, I, I don't I don't see the telethon that's gonna that's gonna keep that going. So let me ask you this, and I don't think I am revealing something that isn't easily found online. But you know, we've seen in the last year these where these news, not scripts, but these news articles about the BBC licensing Doctor Who to Bad Wolf Studios, giving it complete control. Mm-hmm. Does that? model become somewhat of what the BBC becomes. They become more of a licensing entity rather than a production entity. Well, maybe so. I mean, they'll, I would imagine they will always own the material that says BBC on it. You know, they'll be able to distribute that always. Yeah. So they may just become a distributor. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. And but yeah, the BBC. That, obviously, that's a big issue. And and but but just talking about our show, it is interesting to me that uh, Russell T Davies and others in his in his uh, company, I, I think, have sort of seen the writing on the wall and have stepped in 
to save Doctor Who. Because if the BBC collapses once again, Doctor Who would be, would be one of the first things on the mm-hmm. chopping block. Yeah, it, I wonder how many IPs within the whole plethora of things they have on their networks. Like, what are the IPs that are propping it up, so to speak? Yeah. I, I have to think yeah, Doctor Who is one of them. I don't know. And you know what? I think who might know or who would give us an awesome perspective is Dave Cooper. If you are listening, and I know you very rarely miss an episode of ours, so thank you very much. But if you are listening to this one, send us some audio feedback and we will include it in an upcoming episode. Because I would love to know from someone living in Britain what their opinion, A, of, of the fee is. Is it worth it? And what do you think of this possibility that we're discussing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. From Dave and anybody else in the UK who, who can really seriously weigh Indeed. in on this. Indeed. So, gentlemen, any other items before we get into the caretaker? Other than you telling these people where they can send us feedback to. Absolutely. You can reach out on any of the social medias, and you can find us at Discussing Who. So, gentlemen, I think it is time for me to say, if you have not seen The Caretaker, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What's spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. (laughs) Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review The Caretaker. This is the sixth episode of the 2014 series of Doctor Who, first airing on the 20th of September, 2014. It starred Peter Capaldi as the 12th Doctor, Jenna Coleman as Clara Oswald, and Samuel Anderson as Danny Pink. So, summary view, Clarence Brown, I'm going to start with you. Summary view, what say ye? I think it was a very fun and enjoyable episode. Ultimately, I don't think a lot went on, as far as if you look at the A to B of the story, I don't think a lot went on, but it's every nugget and Every little detail they put in between to flush this out into a a full length episode. I felt everything they added as far as story and callbacks and just the character moments made this just a fun episode. And for once, uh, we'll talk about it later, but I think the music was fantastic. Um, Quite agree. It is not so much a story about story as it is about characters. And um, I have many questions about some of the character aspects of this story but yeah it, the um i, I love the, the skovox blitzer you know <laughs> i love the, the the design of that thing and so on but it is interesting that it's almost immaterial to the story yep. <laughs> uh, because there's so much else because there's so much going on between our three principles mm. So, um, yeah, very interesting. Very very good choice of words, considering the fact that we are in Cole Hill School and we're talking about teachers. You say principals, awesome choice of words, even though different meaning, but Ah. good choice of words. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's that school would not have a principal, but a headmaster, (laughs) which um, Courtney Courtney threatens to go talk to. And we'll remember that um, a bit of uh, in canon trivia is that... uh, 
it was teased at some point that um, from the 70s into the 90s, we'll say, that the headmaster of the school was Ian Oh, I'll Ian give Chester. you one better. It well, not only was teased, yeah. but in 2013, it was confirmed because when we see the sign, I, Chesterton. That's right. It's actually there in gold yes, and black <laughs> or yes, something indeed. like that. Yeah, you're right. Before I give my thoughts, I want to correct myself because I... For everyone listening, I got off about 40 minutes ago, 45 minutes, and my notes were not up to date. This episode did not air on September the 20th. It aired on September the 27th, 2014. So seven days later, previous episode with Time Heist was September the 20th. I'm going to say that's why I had the two mixed up in my notes. That's not true, but I'm just going to say that. As long as someone once said, as long as you give me an explanation, that's all I ask. And there's your explanation. There you go. So for me, this episode is not one that I go back to regularly, but I think for exactly the reasons you guys said, there are great character moments, not necessarily character moments that I personally revisit often, but great character moments nonetheless. So speaking of great character moments, I want to get right into it with the opening scene. We see another date, and specifically I want to talk about not necessarily another date between Danny and Clara. And Lee, I want to point this one to you. What do you think about these real-life snippets that we're seeing. And if you were to think about how much time has passed since the first time we see Danny and now, give me a time frame you think of amount of time that's passed. So what do you think about the snippets and how much time do you think has passed? I want to make sure I know what you mean by you know, the snippets. Montage? Yeah, these montages of them going out on dates. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's been a while. Uh, like, I want to say, this isn't three consecutive nights or anything. Then what we're seeing is three events, and, um, you know, this is over you know, six months. I don't know. But I love I love this montage. And even the way the date with the doctor and the date with Danny are tied by little visual cues. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a, a car headlight that turns into the, the sun, and things like that. And that we begin with this hopeless situation with the doctor and Clara. And then it, it cuts with no explanation into her, uh, Danny noticing that she seems sunburned. Um, yeah, we just saw her staked out under two suns, you know. And we see how glibly she's trying to pull this off. And, and finally, her just uh, on the point of exhaustion, pouring sweat, looking in the mirror and saying, I've got this. <laughs> and we in the audience have to be saying, no, you don't. <laughs> you cannot keep this up. Yeah. You, you know. Uh, so I, I, I really love that. Yeah, well, I agree with everything Lee said. This is one of my favorite parts of the episode, actually, seeing this montage of of her going back and forth between her boyfriends. <laughs> uh, just really great seeing her with the sunburn and seeing her wet the next time and, and Danny's like what in the world is going on here <laughs> just just a great a great um 
thing there. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And also I wonder about the time. It's interesting you mentioned that because it seems like at least from the conference we get later that it has been at least a year mm-hmm. maybe since because mm-hmm. doesn't Danny get there get to the school for the first time uh, early in the sea early in this season yes you are 100% correct yes you are like I said 100% correct and this is something that I so I've said it before love about doing this podcast is learning something that I did not know before. But I always, for the entire time since Danny Pink has been on there, thought that his time on the show was maybe a semester, maybe, you know, five or six, eight weeks, something to that effect. That was just an assumption that I had, probably because I'm going by the amount of weeks it took, you know, for the episodes to go through. First time I picked up on what you just referenced, Clarence, with Courtney's parents making reference to this is not what you said at last year's teacher's event or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I want to go a little bit in the other direction away from Danny and more now to the doctor and Clara. And Lee, I want to ask you this question. The relationship that we're seeing between this version of the doctor and Clara, is it starting to jail? And if so, how would you describe it? Well, they seem comfortable with each other. Um, I mean, this is a, this is basically a protracted fight in this episode, but you know, if you're willing to fight with somebody and keep engaging with them, then it, it means you care, right? That you're you're if you're still invested enough to try to persuade them to your point of view, so they they're very close, you know. She says declaratively, "I hate you." At one point, and we're thinking, "No, nah, you don't," <laughs> you know, because his response is good. That's a natural reaction. They're just they're they're still so close. But what I don't understand about this episode is the doctor's brutality to Danny. I can understand his discomfort, but he is so, the things that he says to him echo to me as, as racist. And I know that's not his issue, but it's the same kind of language that I've heard with people being racist. The, uh, you're say you're the, you're one thing, but I just can't make that fit into my mind. How could you be that? You know, the, just that, and it's not just with Danny either. I mean, he's being very glib with Courtney. But, um, you know, he says to her, oh, listen, there's the bell. Off you go. Haven't you got shoplifting to go to? Oh, boy, yeah, that one got me. And I thought, yeah, I thought, what? what? <laughs> I understand the joke, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you can't. you can't say that. So I don't I don't understand what motivates his outright meanness here. It, it seems unnecessary. You know, it's okay for him to, to, to have a problem with Danny as a soldier, but it sounds like he's got a problem with Danny as a human being. And I, I don't get that. Mm. Clarence, do you have any, because I want to break all of this down, but do you have any thoughts mm. before I start breaking it down? Uh, yeah, but just piggybacking off what Lee just said, to me, there's a, fine line between being cheeky or being funny and just being outright mean 
Because for the hundredth time, Danny tells him that he's a maths teacher. Maths with an S. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, doctor, what are you doing? You know, and I mentioned it in our last episode, the buffoonery or the outright goofiness of the doctor, just kind of 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 this particular doctor, you know, kind of just is wearing on me. And I know he's going to make a change at some point in the future, but man, it's just, that's the one aspect about him. Well, one of the aspects that I'm really not loving added to that, the goofiness with the just outright rudeness (laughs) that we get sometimes from him. It does seem like Capaldi is having a wonderful time doing it, but man, it's, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh boy, it's kind of hard sometimes. Let me let me say this. This that this is again why I like the twelfth doctor, because this entire season or series, I didn't like Capaldi as the doctor because of all the things that we're saying. Yes, I you know, we're still in that doctor cycle. I get that. But for the very characteristics that you're saying, I didn't like him. I didn't just just I just thought he was too mean and too anti eleventh doctor, you know, and I just can't wait till we get to the point to where, you know, all of that just changes. And, and, and real quick, I think that's one of the reasons. Now that I think back through it, that may be one of the reasons when I watched this originally, I like doubled down on Clara because really. <laughs> She's the reason I'm watching these episodes and added to the fact that the doctor is just sometimes it's often just rude. It, it, uh, you know, she's the delightful part of the episode that I'm coming to see most of the time. So, yeah, I, I mean, I can respect Capaldi a lot more now as I go back and watch it. But but yeah, it's, it's, it's a rough go. I think Clarence has really put, I think you've really put your finger on something there, Clarence. I hadn't thought about it this way, but in this season and in this episode particularly, it's the Clara show. Clara's the good guy. And the doctor is nominally a villain. Mm. Um, Sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, we've had that moment where he asks her if he's a good person. Yeah. And she says, I think you're trying to be. And that's yeah. that's the main thing. So we, we've established that he's trying, still trying to figure himself out. And that gives him some license to be odd. Yeah. <laughs> and plus the fact that he's the doctor, you know. Because cause this, uh, one of the things that, that struck me about this episode that I hadn't thought about before, and, and this Kyle says, uh, you know, until we're, until we're, we're we're here talking about them, we don't put these things together. But remember how upset we were that the doctor forces hypnosis on Sarah in a, a hand of fear, yeah. and he, he threatens to he do it to Danny. It up. And, then he th- <laughs> and then he threatens to do it to Clara. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean, I and I agree with everything that you guys said, and I literally do want to break down all of this, but I want to go back to the scene where he introduces himself as the caretaker. You know, he's got this secret mission that he's going on. And then the next thing you know, hello, I'm the caretaker. The scene right after that, where he winks at Clara, Danny sees him wink at Clara. And then Clara says, oh, no, I don't know who he is. Does Clara, is she just trying so hard to make 
this work where he doesn't know about him and him doesn't know about he or, you know, et cetera and so forth. Because to me, it comes across as she's almost being disrespectful to Danny and kind of downplaying his intelligence by saying, oh, no, I don't know him, when it was obvious that you did, at least to me. Thoughts. Clarence, why don't you go first? Well, Clara has been put in a particular position not too dissimilar from a Clark Kent where she's having to lie <laughs> to her loved one. And even by the end of it, lying to the doctor a little bit um, to, to suffice him as well. So, yeah, she's in the position where to keep things where they are and to keep the relationship going. She's she's resorted to to lying to Danny. And of course, that does not feel right to us. And you could see the look on her face. She it, it feels like it's, it doesn't sit right with her. She does it, you know. <laughs> yeah, she she does not like this lying. And as we'll see later on, she's not good at no, it. No, no, <laughs> because um, um, yeah, I, I think I think the, the the Clark Kent situation is is a is probably a really good analogy that she is leading these two lives and she's trying to keep each of them secret from the other, and this is the episode where it all collides, and it, this scene where Danny. You, you might say catches them red-handed at being aliens. Um, he, he, he sees the Scovox Blitzer before it disappears, and it shoots a perfectly round hole in a stack of chairs. I, lo- I love that prop effect. Yeah. <laughs> the round hole still still sizzling in there. And, uh, and she says, it's a play. Oh, my God. Isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. It's so a play. Bad. And that was one of our kids, and it's a great lighting effect, and he's... He's uh, like, <laughs> please. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's not even a good try. Just no. And, and the look that Samuel Anderson gave was—it <laughs> yes. was one of those where you said with your eyes everything that needed to be said because it was like exactly you've got to be bleeping <laughs> it. You know, the, the, there's you're you've right. Got to be kidding me. In. It it also was another, it's, it's a few moments that mirror each other in this episode. And I think this was one of them when he tells Clara, do you think I'm stupid? And that had happened before when Clara was in the TARDIS and the doctor was talking about going to deep cover. And she told the doctor, do you think I'm stupid? So it happened a yes. few times in this episode. So it was really good writing with those. Mm. It's Yeah. Yeah, I love those parallels. You know, it's almost like the doctor and Clara, just the longer they're together, the more they're they're alike, seemingly. <laughs> I just, you know, interesting. Hmm. Well, that, yeah, that happens. And and Danny even addresses that at the end of the episode. Mm. So what did you guys think? And Lee, I want to point this one to you because you brought him up. This villain or entity or blitzer thingy that really wasn't the main bad guy even though he was thought what were your thoughts well i can imagine that there's a draft of this in which it's a dalek Mm. and every editorial hand that touched this said can can we make it something else (laughs) you know let's 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 have a new a new something you know we'll sell some toys come on let's uh, let's have something else here but it still has to do the things that a Dalek would do. So, 
So we invent this thing that is probably a, a robot, we think. And it, and it can't glide around, you know, the way Daleks do. So it's got it's got uh, legs like a like a scorpion. So that's kind of cool. But you know, apart from that, and apart from the very distinct way that it talks and thinks and hears, um, which which I loved, you know, make a linguistic difference. But apart from that, it's a Dalek, right? I mean, it's it could easily have been a story about a Dalek, and I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah, that Dalek comparison makes a lot of sense to me. I'm glad they did not make it a Dalek because I think it would have took away from the character moments in the story because we'd have to focus on the doctor going ballistic on the Dalek, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. So it kind of aids the story that is kind of a throwaway um, enemy that we really don't care too much about. You know, and considering the fact that if this was aired in 2014, it was likely maybe written in 2013, maybe even 2012. I don't say or don't think that it would be too far removed to speculate that this could have easily have been rewritten into a or an episode of the Sarah Jane Adventures. Hmm. Particularly with this writer who was the head writer of the Sarah uh, there Jane you go. Adventures. See, I didn't I did not even yes. think about that, but yes. And ah, the yeah. look of mm. the, the Blitzer <laughs> looks very something like I might would have expected to have seen on the Sarah Jane adventures. Yeah. You know, that's right. so maybe totally out mm -hmm. there, but maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. So let's go back. I, I want to focus more on Danny and the doctor, but I want to go into the doctor's ad adverse reaction. I'll call it to a soldier. Clarence, what do you think fueled this borderline hatred for soldiers? Oh, man, we've talked about it before. But again, what Lee said earlier, it, it seems more personal with Danny for some reason. And, and, and that part I really don't get at all. I, I don't. And I, I feel like it is a secret being kept inside the the series that it's a kind of a, a burning fuse that's going to lead to something uh, like our, our little glimpses of, of Missy's so far, because yeah, it's there. It's clearly there, but it's not explained. We don't know what the doctor's thing with soldiers and particularly Danny is all about. So what is the term and I had it in my head until I was beginning to think about it. But what is the term when I am mad at object A, but I put it on to object B? What is that called? Oh, it's not a mm, transference. transference. Okay. So yeah. the doctor has been around for a long time. So, so, so tell me what you think of this. The doctor is old. He's been around for years and years. He's not a new Time Lord on the block. He's, he's been around. That said, he is not without intelligence and probably sees things that are right in front of him. But, and he obviously, from the way they played a particular character named Adrian in this, wanted, from Vanity's point, Clara to 
have liked his 11th incarnation, even though we've had the I'm not your boyfriend, et cetera, and so forth. Could it be less about Danny being a soldier, but that transference of you're not liking who I was, you're liking someone else? Well, Danny does make a point at the end that um that that Danny just has to um make the doctor proud or make her proud. I think it's the I'm maybe getting a little wrong near the end of the episode. As far as the transference thing, I don't get that as much. They did make a point to show Adrian several times and have the doctor attempt to put the two together rather than Danny, which just felt weird. I get it. You know, younger guy who sort of looks like the doctor. Honestly, I was trying to figure out which doctor he's supposed <laughs> to be. <laughs> I was like, who is he, is he like? The, like okay, I can see the bow tie. Yeah, but it was, it was kind of weird that he would be doing that. I think the transfers thing is an interesting explanation, but I don't, the doctor, if he's at all being honest with himself, which, you know, is not a given, he he knows that he was himself a soldier for a long time. He also grew old on a planet called Christmas, um, not being a soldier. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I, I'm thinking of the soldiers that he's come in contact with over the years. And I feel like there's been this, uh, this long-term love affair with the, with the brigadier. Yep. Sure. And, and his, and his daughter. He doesn't like the military solution, but we've just never heard it that he hates a soldier. We didn't talk about this last week. The, it wasn't in Time Heist. I'm thinking it was in another episode before that where uh, we were doing another one of those things where we, we get quick glimpses of what uh, the Doctor and Clara do on their on their days off. <laughs> and um, they're being shot at. And uh, as they're running, the Doctor says, don't you hate soldiers? And she says, yes. Mm. And maybe it's just about being shot at. I, I, I don't know. But the... I st- but the meanness to Danny in this, I just, I just don't get it. I, and let me go meta for a moment. You know, we often, I often, I'm saying we, but I often kind of pet put RTD and Moffat on a pedestal, and you know, and I pick at Chris Chibnall, but the reality of the reality is. Some things are good, some things are bad, and maybe this was Moffat with a new doctor that was so different from his previous doctor that he had written for that really wasn't sure where to take it. And again, going meta, there was rumors that you would have Moffat, I mean, you would have Clara leave at the end of this series. Mm. And if so, I'm wrapping up her story. I got to come up with a story. And maybe all the elements just didn't fall That's well. Right. They fail, but just not well. And that happens. I think that happens all the time, that kind of thing. You, you, you just you go with the, the cards you're dealt. Yeah, I don't know. So before we move on from the doctor and Danny, I have a question of something that just didn't make sense to me. So when he goes into the TARDIS, we've already talked about when, you know, he basically comes, you know, Clara comes clean, tells, you know, this is who the doctor 
uh, is after he says, your space dad, which was priceless. But he goes into the TARDIS and he and the doctor basically get into this argument. And I didn't understand Danny's sir, yes, sir, and being so aggravated and mad. Can either one of you explain where his anger came from? Well, we, we know that Danny has been trying over the course of these last few episodes, has been trying to move away from that being called a soldier or being defined as a soldier. And we're right back here again, where he's being ridiculed for that, that very thing. So I found it interesting where we see he actually dissects the doctor a little bit. Oh, you're a time Lord. You're part of the, yes. the elite. You're an officer. So I'm the soldier. You, the officers. So they go back and forth with that. And, you know, almost child, like he says, yes, sir. He plays yeah, the role. Stop that. Stop <laughs> just to that. make the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> sir. Yes, sir. Do you want me to leave, sir? <laughs> You're dismissed. It's, Oh man, it, it it got kind of annoying, but I can I can kind of see where Danny is coming from here. If the doctor has been disrespecting him this whole time and 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 refuses to uh, see him for what he is, a maths teacher, and and at this point he's just had enough. Yeah, I I I had no difficulty understanding that at all because I was only thinking about it in terms of one dimension. But Clarence has pointed out the other one. I mean, the doctor's just being disrespectful to him as a human being. He's just being plain mean to him. And Danny finally has been pushed too far and snaps at him. But the thing that the doctor has been picking on him about is this thing that is a special soft spot for Danny. And I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about that before. But it's not just that, yeah, I'm a soldier. And that doesn't mean that I'm stupid. And the only thing I can teach is kickball, you know? But mm -hmm. also... I am fed up with being identified as a soldier, too. Yeah, I'm more I than am that. more than that. I am a person, and I'm a, a maths teacher. I'm really smart. And, yeah, I, I really, I agree with Clarence. It becomes childish and redundant, but I still admire Danny's self-control that he didn't just deck him. <laughs> yeah. And mm. And, you know, it goes back to what you guys were saying earlier about this incarnation of the doctor being so mean. Mm -hmm. I mean, Danny is a, if you were to put Danny and Rory as we met him in these first couple of episodes, not Rory, the Roman that we yep. see at the Rory end, the but you know, Rory, the, the nurse, the version of Rory then was very wallflower-ish as compare, and this is a much stronger independent character, and it, I, it's almost like what you guys were saying. It's almost like he's disres being disrespectful to Danny, and I don't really like oh, that. Absolutely, there you go. And and it and it, I feel like the script attempts to tile this off at the end by having Danny dope out and be the one to say it. Well, he makes the doctor say it. That no, he says. It. He's angry because he, he fears that I'm not good enough for you. And, and, and so some of us in the audience go, ah, it's, it's paternal. He's being her, her dad. Well, 
being space dead. Yeah, space dead. So it's like, uh, uh, okay, he's still doing it poorly, but I do understand that better. But that's only a partial explanation. He's mean to Danny long before he knew that he, he had anything to do with yeah. Clara. Or did, or if you go by my thought is, he may not say it, but he knew it deep down. Knew Maybe. which? Who knows? N- knew that he was the boyfriend. Oh, that, yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. And maybe didn't say yeah. it, but did right. know it. So briefly, I want to talk about someone that we will see more in the next episode after this one. But we see more of Courtney this episode. And let me just, I'll start this one. Let me say the actor who played Courtney, she did an awesome job of being irritating. But by golly, I think this character was irritating, especially (laughs) in this one. And again, she did the character she was supposed to be. Clarence, thoughts on Courtney at this point? Uh, she didn't get on my nerves at all. I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure, quite sure why, but I felt like the doctor was a little more irritating than her in their interactions. Uh, she was just being the smart little kid getting in the stuff. What, what did she call herself? The um, disruptive influence. Yes. Yeah, this, the disruptive influence. So yeah, I, I just thought she was being a kid, and uh, I, I rather enjoyed, you know, her coming to. To, to get some towels for spillage. <laughs> you know, exactly. I, I, I enjoyed her in this episode. I didn't think she was annoying at all. And to me, part of what's funny about her coming face to face with the doctor and demanding answers and so on and, and just refusing to take, to take no or to uh, challenging him, that's him, isn't it? That's him exactly. Yeah. So yeah. she says, I'm a disruptive influence. I expected that to be the end of the conversation because that he was going to say, well, I'm pleased to meet you. That's who I am, too. <laughs> uh, but that's what I do. You know, beginning of friendship. But no, he's got to send her off. And, uh, but I do feel like that's a moment where he sensed a bond because yeah. um, it's extraordinary that he then takes her into space yes. in the TARDIS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did love where he said there's a policeman in there in case of emergencies and children. And then she says, <laughs> that's right. You're weird. And he says, yes, I am. What about you? Yeah. But, but disruptive influence. Again, she did a very good job of and maybe the, the what I find irritating was the simple fact of. She kept picking on Danny and uh, Clara. And that's what I didn't yeah. like. This uh, has the squatty or whatever that oh. that was. That's what I think kind of rubbed me the wrong way was that she kept picking at them. Yeah, uh, and I know yeah. that's what kids say, do. But but it just I was going to say you you may need to spend more time around kids because I'm I'm pretty I get, I'm pretty much got a callus over that yeah. one. But, uh, yeah, but I, we learned that uh, the kids call, refer to Clara as Ozzy behind her back and uh she apparently doesn't know that yeah and they call him squatty so ozzy and the ozzy loves, squ- ozzy loves squatty yeah and uh and the doctor doesn't figure that out either that he's he rubs off the graffiti as his kids today you know <laughs> what does this even mean this is some kind of yeah 
So I want to ask you guys, because we're coming up on 45 minutes into our conversation. So I want to ask you guys really quick about the disappearing watch or the cloaking watch. And specifically, and Lee, why don't you take this one first? What did you think and why haven't we seen it again? Well, it's a plot convenience, isn't it? It's one of those things where <laughs> once we've said it, you know, Star Trek dealt with this in a big way after uh, we we got the Romulan cloaking device. Like, well, why don't they use that from now on? You know, mm-hmm. well, you know whatever. Uh, eventually, we'll just admit that we will. But, um, but yeah, I had forgotten about it. So when he touched that button and disappeared, I was just delighted. Um, when Clara gave it to Danny, he said, uh, oh, it's not even a ring. I, having seen this episode several times now, I thought this was somehow because she was giving him something. It was like a, you know, are we going steady now? Kind of thing. Like, Ooh, it's it's precious. Yeah. Are we getting, are we getting married? Yeah. No, of course. He's referring to. Yeah, the the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that's your invisibility ring, anyway. That's, uh, that just that just passed me until I yeah, well, until today. That just passed but, until you just explained it. So yeah, so oh, not even a ring, anyway. Yeah, it's it's the precious. But uh, I, I I love that. But yeah, you you we have to now forget that we ever saw that. <laughs> Clarence, what were you? It would thoughts? be too handy in the future. Yeah, um, we needed it for this episode, but like the Sonic that works on doors sometimes and sometimes it doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. it's whatever. Yeah, <laughs> It is what it is, as they say, as the kids say. You know, I was listening to an episode of Doctor Who Podshock uh, earlier this week that Lee and I used to be on, and I heard Louis Trapani say something about the sonic screwdriver and this was back when we they were reviewing let's kill hitler so this is well before the 13th doctor so i'd love to know what lewis thinks about this but his point that he made was i want the sonic basically i want the sonic screwdriver to be there and to do what it does but it doesn't need to do everything there you go and there you go All right. Well, gentlemen, I will say briefly that we did get a scene with Missy and we are introduced to her assistant. That's about all that we get from there. And other than that, I have come to the end of my list of things that I wanted to talk about. But I'm curious if either of you had anything else. And Clarence, I'll start with you. Did you have any other items on your list? Yes, I have. I have two things. First, the final showdown with the, the Skovox, and we have Danny coming in to save the world, which apparently he did, which I don't think he really did. But the, the flip <laughs> over the Skovix was just, it, it was too much. I mean, it was, I guess, heroic, but come on. Come on, man. I didn't, I don't buy it. <laughs> and um, we get this one scene when the doctor puts on this, the the backpack thing. He sort of like, mm-hmm. he sort of looks like he's busting ghosts yes. if you look real close. <laughs> yeah, the uh, one of the uh, transcriptionists who uh, who writes out these scripts so brilliantly, they made the note. Uh, they is in trying to write in action. They said the doctor puts on his Ghostbuster backpack and exits. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> That's cool. 
Yeah, uh, when the doctor is trying to uh, distract Clara and try to act like nothing's going on, he says, uh, let's go somewhere fun. What do you say? You want to see the Thames frozen over? Oh, those frost fairs. And I thought, hey, that was a real thing. That would be awesome. We, we, should, we should have an episode where we, where we go to one of the frost fairs where the Thames is frozen over. Mm. That'll just, never uh, happen. Uh, it's, it's on my, I put it on my bucket list. <laughs> yeah. It's something I'd like to see, see happen one day. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but 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 whatever but we do, we need to make sure that the ice is thick. It doesn't need to be yes, thin. No, no, no thin ice. Not want to be out there. No, we don't want to be out there on thin ice. No, no, no not at all. That's thick with two C's. No, yep. <laughs> and you know he could. It is entirely possible at some point in his past or future, he could have maybe have taken. River Song to a frost fair, maybe? It's possible. And, you know, I would say if they did that, they might <laughs> want to have musical accompaniment, maybe by. Yeah. Oh, but it would have to be somebody who wouldn't know they were there. Oh, I wonder who. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so, gentlemen. But yeah, that's really, that's really about all I got. Yeah. All right. So, before I get any more corny than I have already. I must ask, favorite quote. And Lee, I'll start with you. Favorite quote. It's a fantastic exchange for the doctors getting a snippy with Clara. And he says, I used to have a teacher exactly like you once. And she says, you still do. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Boom. Da-da-da. Clarence, favorite quote. Mine is when the doctor comes to the realization about Danny and Clara says, I underestimated you. It's easily done. There's a lot to estimate. <laughs> nice. Isn't that a great line? It's a lot to estimate. <laughs> so my favorite quote of the episode was a look. It wasn't even said. It was just a look. And I don't know how to describe the look, but I could imagine if I were to put it in words that whatever that look was, no words, no dialogue, but I was thinking it was something nice. That's my mm. quote. Just He's been really busy. Yeah, just a, yeah, yeah, very busy. So, <laughs> so no quotes, just a look that I'm sure was quite nice. So mm. favorite, which results in Michelle Gomez not being credited in the episode and, because she didn't speak. Indeed, mm. yes. yeah. And this, in the tradition of keeping myself corny, I will say actions speak louder than words. Mm. <laughs> favorite scene, Clarence. I'll start with you. Favorite scene. I think I really liked the montage at the very beginning of the episode. I thought it was fun and it threw us right into the happenings, you know, without saying many words. So I really love that. And in, in addition to that, I just want to give a shout out, like I mentioned up top to the music, which I thought was excellent. There's certain it, music can be overdone to where they're just going too hard to force you to feel something. But I feel like in this episode, it was just all elegant and beautifully um, uh, composed. And especially the part where we have the the, the fake boyfriend, Adrian, <laughs> they were playing <laughs> that music that they, oh, I, this this could be real, you know, and yeah. the doctor just following them. And, 
Yeah, I just think the music was so good in this episode. Awesome. The score. All right, Lee, what say you? Um, Clarence and I have the same favorite uh, scene. I, I, I don't say that everything was downhill after that montage, but what a great way to, to start the episode and to establish what Clara is putting herself through mm. um, for the sake of keeping this secret. And um, these two secrets. And uh, it's just uh, just really fun. And, you know, as always, it's it's Jenna. She sells it. It's this look on her face after she's pulled seaweed out of her hair and drops it in the floorboard of the car. And she looks out the the window like, hope he didn't see that. Well, of course he did, you know. Oh man, yeah. She's she's hilarious. It's, it's hair treatment. That's so, what it is. Exactly. Yeah. She said, "Well, I said it was free." <laughs> All right. So for me, it's going to be, and this was kind of like an off scene or whatever. But I love any time Moffat presents us the scene and does something later, and then when you've watched the scene, it gives it new meaning. And this should tell you how long it's been since I've seen this episode. But when the doctor is introducing himself as the caretaker, right after that, he makes a reference to spending some time with some otters or something when River was mad at him. Yeah. Assumption at first watch was, oh, well, this was at some point with her and the 11th doctor. My opinion changed, however, knowing now what comes later I'm assuming that it's on a particular night. Oops, ow. It was, sorry. It was on a particular night sometime in the future. So. Yeah. yeah. There you go. They'll have time. Yeah. There you go. All right. Final rating. Lee, I want to start with you. Final rating. What say you? I'm going to give this four Skovox Blasters out of five. Mm. Lee, I mean... Clarence, what say ye? I'm going to give it 4.2. Wow, what do they call it? The backpacks. <laughs> I don't know what they call yeah. it. Those yeah. busting, busting backpacks yeah, out of five. It's proton pack, whatever. Proton yeah. pack. There we go. What, there we go. What, what did he call his thing? But anyway. I'm going to give this, even though it was corny and even though it just was overdone, it still kind of looked cool. I'm going to give this 4.2 Danny jumps out of five. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, uh, Doctor Who can never make fun of the Kirk body doubles, ever. Mm. Never. Just don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> you, you don't buy that that was uh, Mr. Anderson? You don't, nah. <laughs> you don't think that was him? Nah. <laughs> Probably not. You know, it, it, I, I, now that you brought it up, you know, I, I, I sort of wanted to say, wow, he's really fit. He's still in training. He's, you know, and yeah, you just have to think about that for a second. I think, no, <laughs> for one thing, nobody in the army trains to do that. Yeah. And also, he's got a jacket on. I call <laughs> no way. <laughs> not with you. Not with your jacket on. Anyway. No, You're right. Man. It's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
I, I mean, if he was, nah, I'm not even going to go there. I was going to make a speculation about maybe he had enhancements or something, but who knows? <laughs> That's right. No, you don't learn that in the army. You learn that in Cirque du Soleil. Yes. <laughs> you know, I don't, so. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, All right. Well, gentlemen, as always, this was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for talking with me about Doctor Who for an hour. And for everyone listening, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And as always, we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. 